0: The Korean Football Club podcast is kindly sponsored by the Lodge Hotel, famous for food, functions and fantastic value.
1: Hi, welcome along once again to the Korean FC podcast. Um we're now quite a bit into the new year. Christmas and the New Year seems an awful long time ago, especially uh, in the world of football as well. Things happen very, very quickly. So, uh, before we start, once again, may I say a big thank you to our very generous sponsors, the Lodge Hotel in Coleraine. And just to let you know that the Lodge Hotel will be holding its first wedding open day of 2024 on Friday, the 9th of February, from 3 pm until 8 pm. So, If you are considering getting married either this year or in the next couple of years to come, why not come and view the beautiful venue, talk all things weddings and marriages with our experienced team, um, and there will be somebody there to give you plenty of help and guidance. So without further ado, we will turn our attentions to the week in football and as ever um, joined by my co-host Jonathan or Johnny McNabb, depending on on, on what mood he's in. Um, Johnny, how are you this week? I not
2: too bad, Damien. Would uh, it been nicer if we had a honestly had an Irish Cup victory? They, they sort of celebrate, but I, as you say, that the weeks go on. And, yeah, so for the snooker this weekend. So I'm um, looking forward to maybe a change of sport and maybe maybe a wee bit more happier uh, this weekend than I have been the last few. So, um, oh no, yeah, look, um, life goes on and and, and these things happen.
1: Yeah, very good. You and your father are away to the,
2: the Masters, aye, aye. So second year going in a row. So fingers crossed. It's a it's a decent final. Um, we were at the UK final there in, in December, and it was Ronnie O'Sullivan. So um, yeah, look, I'd like to see maybe somebody I uh, everyone who's not a big Ronnie fan, but maybe I'd like to see somebody who I haven't seen before. And the Ballot Masters is class. Um, I would really even if I think I've said this before. Even if if you're only really a temporary fan or a casual watch, it's it's a really good 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 place to go.
1: Very good. Right. Well, that's enough of you talking balls for, for a minute or two. Um, delighted to say joining us as a special guest on this week's podcast is a player who spent eight years uh, at the showgrounds, making a total of 233 appearances and scoring 18 goals in the process. And um, when you hear 18 goals and t- 233 games, it's probably no surprise to say he, he is a defender or he was a defender. Uh, I'm delighted to say joining us is David Ogilby. David, how are you? How are you, lads? Uh, I'm very well. I'm just thinking, I was thinking about this before you came on, and obviously your nickname, as everybody knows you, is OG. And I was thinking to myself, that's a bit of an unfortunate nickname for a defender, isn't it?
0: It does. And um, <laughs> it actually um, was one of my old managers at uh, youth, the, in youth Football um, from Institute. Um, and it was nothing to do with scoring own goals. By the way, I think it's just the first <laughs> two uh, nice uh, letters of my surname, and he started calling to me one evening, and that was it. Like you know, and it's kind of stuck. Um, but it definitely—I'm uh, not sure if I've scored any own goals. I was looking off. That—that like, so that, nothing what? to do with that. Now
1: that, that was my next question. Funnily enough, have you scored an OG or a number of OGs? Because as a as a defender. It's one of the uh, sort
0: of the, the occupational hazards, I suppose, isn't it? I I suppose off the top of my head, I think I might have scored one up at Windsor Park maybe early on in my career, but um not you know Jamie Cariger, you know, was famous for long <laughs> goals, so I wouldn't be in that um, league. Um so no, I say it was a name that it was Ali Calhoun actually. Um he he gave it to me and I say it stuck in. Eh?
1: Very good. Right. Well, here, I'll tell you what, we will come on to your your time at Corain in in due course. But um, we just started off, Johnny and I, just thinking reflecting back on Friday night's Irish Cup defeat against Cliftonville. And I know that you were there along with a a sizable contingent from from Derry. There mustn't have been much on happening in Derry on Friday because there was a good carload of you all down at the match, wasn't there?
0: I see. There was a, a a lot a lot from area down there. I suppose when the draw was made, um, a few weeks back or whatever, it was one of the games I, said, I must get up to that because, um, I haven't been involved in games against Cliftonville, um, over the years. They're always good good games, tight games, um, and and in the Irish Cup early on as well. Normally you don't usually get two Premier League teams together, so, um. So it was up at the game. I thought it was a fairly even game, to be honest. I know the scoreline mightn't suggest that, but uh, the teams were evenly matched, just that being an un- unforced error here, or there, and uh, a wee bit of quality, you know, just told the difference in the end up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it uh, I was just funny. I was going through emails and quotes here, um, post game. And it was interesting that Jim Magilton and his comments to the press afterwards. Og, he said, "I'm not making comparisons, but he did liken Ronan Hale to his former Southampton teammate Matthew Lattissier, and particularly with the first goal of Hales on Friday, there was just that little bit of something else that that's something special that would, it was going to take to try and break the deadlock on Friday night, wasn't
0: it? I. But it definitely was a good goal, and I think. The thing about it was too he was he was alert to the you know the pass inside and you know was, was waiting for it and picked it up and I mean keeper no chance it was a great finish now. Um mm-hmm. I haven't seen too much I suppose I haven't seen too much Aries League football, you know, because of all our commitments. Um but what I've seen of Rory Hill, he looks like a player, all right. Uh,
1: and and Johnny obviously he scored the hat trick on Friday night. His first goal was very good, but the two subsequent goals were two good finishes as well, albeit that by that stage in the extra time, Corrine were like obviously chasing the game and, and there were gaps at the back, but he did make the most of his opportunities. And it's it's interesting to see now that in the back not only on the back of that performance but what he's done at Clinville, quite a number of cross channel clubs been linked with him.
2: Yeah, he scores big goals in big games and I think he, did he score three or four in one of the European finals? I think, was it for Laron away to Clint Thorn? I think he maybe scored four that night as well. So, yeah, look, I think um, the, his, his quality in the first goal opens up the spaces. Obviously, they scored two goals late on because he obviously made, made the breakthrough and, and yes, the second or third goals, probably all the goals were, were just loose errors by and but at the end of the day he's capitalised on it. The second one, the t- quality just and the composure is nearly just as good as the first one. Um, and the last one I just ran clean through and and, and knocked it in. So look, as as OG said, there was very little in in, in the game. Um but you also but he also you probably had it in the back of your mind that they just maybe had that little bit more attacking quality on, on the pitch that if something was going to happen that, that, that they were going to do it. And, and look the two red cards in the game as well, neither of them are red cards. Um I, I still think Raven's the best referee in the league. Uh, and that's not the reason why they lost, let's be honest. Um uh, but I don't think either of them are red cards. I think Ashford, I can see why he gave it when you when you watch it back first clip you can see why because his, his foot is quite high. Um, but to me that's a yellow card. Um for Londons, it's a, it's a stern warning, being like, Look, he won the ball, but there was a bit of a follow through there maybe, but does it warrant to say second yellow card? I, I think if Ashford doesn't send off, I don't think London's sent off, being being truthfully honest. Um I know Big OG's now a referee and we'll probably come to that point on uh later on, but I, I just think I just I just don't think either of them are red cards and and yeah, look, I think if Corey were playing now, they probably still wouldn't have scored. just had that sort of feeling about it. I just don't think we we overly tested the, the keeper much. Um and yeah, look, one bit of quality was always going to win the game. And when you have players like Ronan Hale and Joe Gornley and Ben Wilson and, and the two and the other heel as, as well. And so yeah, look, disappointing. And you're probably just looking for a wee bit of spark, maybe like a Jamie McGonagall if his players had it game through and guys like that. Gab. But listen, that's just a Chevy and, and guys like that. But that's just that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately.
0: Yes, I think it would echo, I think it yeah. would echo what Johnny said there in terms of the two decisions. They were, in my opinion, they were both wrong. I think Raymond Crangle is the number one referee. Um, I think it was a yellow card, the first challenge. And exactly what Johnny says, if if the send-off didn't happen, London wouldn't have been booked. Um, I noticed one of the Benz and the Cliftonville got booked. They possibly got one to the replay. And with uh, Sandy, Raymond, you know, that's not a rare character. And that probably played on his mind. And then, you know, it happens so often. Um, the situation then with London, that was a second yellow. Um, but as, as I say, I think I had two wrong decisions there.
1: And it, excuse me. It was unfortunate too, because <clears throat> Lyndon's setting off came just in the last minute of normal time, just prior to the extra time. And, you know none of us will ever know the difference it might have made but certainly OG going into extra time with the man advantage Korean had a slight advantage hadn't they? and you know even I, I was looking at a photograph one of the I think it was press I took or something um of Raymond Crangle showing Lyndon the red card and the reaction on the faces of all the players in the photograph was quite telling. I mean, not only Korean players, but I think Ben Wilson was in it. And it's almost a look of incredulity, incredul- you know? Uh, and, and Ben's face almost, <laughs> I can speak. But it was almost, it gave you an idea that the players on both sides didn't feel that Lyndon's second yellow was warranted.
0: I think that's right. You know, it's uh psychological blow to Corian, but it also gives Cliftonville a shot in the arm then because things, you know, it's back to level playing field again. Um, you're right, when, when it goes to 90 minutes, people, you know, get in, get a breather. Cliftonville know that they're probably up against it in terms of the extra man. Um, so then, what happens then, everything is out the wonder in terms of Orange team talk and, I suppose, Jim and the Jolton's team talk. And it's just, say, it's a huge psychological blow because you have an extra half an hour with that extra man, and you know, it tends to make a difference.
1: Mhm. It's just, it's just, it's just one of those things. But and as Johnny said as well, and he's right, I would agree with Johnny, uh, OG, and what he's saying that the game was crying out for a bit of quality, and given the fact that Korean up front. Slightly limited at the moment. Uh, Matthew Shevlin out injured for quite a while. Um, and the fact that Jamie McGonagall's registration or international clearance didn't come through. But when you were watching that game, OG, the likes of having somebody like a Jamie McGonagall there, he he almost could have provided that spark of quality similar to what Roman Hale did, because he is a player that we've seen in the past that can create something out of nothing for
0: you? Oh, for sure. And, you know, there was a great chance in the first half there. Um, and if that falls to Jamie McConaughey, it's 1-0. You know, Jamie's, Jamie's a great talent um, and he's a great goal scorer. Um, and maybe never scored as many goals as they wanted with Derry City, but he scored goals in the Irish League, two different clubs. Like So he'll, he'll be a big boost having him in the, the line-up. But as I say, that, that one the first half, was a great chance, and I've had forty Jimmy. I think it's one nil. Mhm.
1: That's 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 the difference, isn't it? I mean, just a little bit of something, something extra. I mean, you, uh, Jimmy, uh, you were you played with Jimmy, I presume, didn't you? It, would you like? I mean, I was it, there when it really
0: Yeah, I was there when I'm and I'm and Adam and London all came on the team around the same time, and Brad. It was uh, an exciting time because you know all these players were doing well obviously in the reserve team and and the first team you know we didn't know too much about them but very quite quickly once they start training me and playing games you yes, actually think oh these boys are up to it here," mm. um, and they've obviously <laughs> proven that now it's you know, the years went on uh,
1: and obviously we'll just stick with Jimmy but he, he left then. and obviously went Crusaders and then Derry City and he's now back at Corain. Um 27 I think he is OG I mean you could argue that with getting Jamie back at the right time almost in his career. He's twenty seven. He has had the benefit of full time football for the past number of years. He's coming back probably fitter and stronger. But also I would suspect as well Korean are getting a hungry player as well. Given the manner of his departure from Derry, probably he'll probably still have he'll feel like he has a point to prove almost.
0: That's true. I, he's you know twenty seven, great age, he's loads of experience. You know, um, especially you know Derry City and all. You know, scored some big goals there too. I think Corian getting a really good deal. And to be honest, Jamie's probably at home with Corian. Came through the ranks, good relationship with Oren, And I always thought they would end up back there at some point anyway. So I, it's, it's, I think Corian's got a a good good deal in it, out of the that transfer one that just passed there.
1: And then just yesterday, Pat Hoban finally his long protracted transfer saga from Dundalk to Derry City is finally confirmed yesterday. And I mean, it's a big signing for Derry City, but a lot of people are saying as well that it's it's like throwing all their eggs in the one basket, and it's like he's kind of brought in as the missing part of the jigsaw <laughs> to win the league. So there's a there's pressure there as well on him, isn't there?
0: Of course, he's you know Dundalk's top scorer. Um, great player and probably something that Derry needed as a regular goal scorer and they've got one now and with that they'll bring pressure and demands to be challenging at the top of the league so I mean that was probably all part of the the blocks that were moving you know Jamie had to go first maybe so I that brings pressure um, but I'm sure he's well able to cope with and Rory knows what he's doing as well you know he's bringing an established uh, striker on it
1: 32 years of age, and uh, no doubt they'll score goals there. Mm, I mean, uh, Johnny, I, I suppose you, you've been keeping an eye on the whole Pat Hoban thing from Dundalk as well, but I mean, Jamie, I mean, you've been delighted to see Jamie back, I know you and him are good mates and stuff, you know, so you're delighted to have your wee friend back, I suppose, at the club?
2: Aye, I um, was messaging the around before the January transfer, when they started, they, they make a return, so... Um I'm still waiting for five percent of his agent fee to come through the from through the post. Um but nah listen, um I think maybe not his days were numbered, but I think maybe Jamie had a good England that it was maybe time to move on and and look, Derry have signed Pat Wogan and Jamie's came back. And I think listen, we all know Jamie and, and Jamie loves a bit of a limelight, and he maybe just hasn't had that so much in the last maybe six, seven months at Derry, So he'll have a point to prove. Um but I think we will be an out of hunger there and and look, if there's, if there's a ball in the box and Jamie's on it, you're nine times out of ten, it's going to go on the back of the net. So, no, listen, I think it's a move that suits everybody. Jamie's coming back to a manager that knows how to get the best out of him. they I want to sign you know, the dogs' regular goal scorer, they they, they they try and win the league. Um, so yeah, look, I think everyone's a, a winner out of it. And I just want to pay, um, special uh, praise to Laura Lagan, the club secretary. So, <clears throat> obviously, Jamie's registration didn't come through. I know Laura worked extremely, extremely hard on that, and I know when it didn't come through, there was nobody more devastated than Laura. But it genuinely was a FIFA issue with with trying to find agents and stuff through his system, and and thankfully it's now all worked out. So I think it's I don't think anyone was blaming anybody, but um, I just I just know that she was devastated by it. But listen, that's one of them things that was just completely um out of her control.
1: And presumably, he is fit to play against Glentoran this weekend.
2: Yeah, well I I think the Clears came through and was it Sunday or something? So that was great timing. Um but yeah, look, I think Jamie will be really in the squad anyway for, for Saturday. I think to be honest, he hasn't really played much football, I think, really since the League of Ireland season ended. Um and I think he actually picked up a rib injury away the Corey in and a bang closed door friendly as well. So I think around October, November time. So yeah, look, it's going to take a bit of time for, for Jamie to get to get back up to speed, but um listen. Um there's going to be minutes there for him, I'm sure. Um and yeah, look, I think him and Davy or him and Chevy, whatever it's going to be, um I think there's definitely goals in neither of them combinations. So um so yeah, look, fingers crossed that um that we can get him up to speed and, and firing and 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 ready to rock. And Jack Scott as well. I thought Jack had a really good debut on Friday. Yes, look, he, he gave the ball away for the for the first goal, but he probably wasn't expecting such a great strike from, from distance. And the first thing I noticed about Jack is he gets the ball and passes the ball forward. And I know it's very easily said, but um, I just love up there when he looks up and gives the ball forward and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, look, I think the, the signs are good. And, and Rory was maybe a wee bit nervous in the first half as, as well. But listen, um, he's a goalkeeper at the end of the day. Um, it's his, debut, his second, well, second, well, technically his debut, let's, let's be honest. So um, probably a point to prove as well. And I'm wanting to get off to a good start. So, no, yeah, look, I think all in three signings um, will definitely fit in well. And it was a busy week because those
1: three guys that you mentioned all came into the club. But there was a couple of notable departures as well. Andy Mitchell obviously left. He's rejoined Dungannon off the mark and scored on Saturday. And then Michael McCrudden left uh, Left the club as well. So, I mean, I guess it's it, that's the nature of football, isn't it? Players come, players go.
2: Yeah, it was a busy week, <clears throat> and uh, I put out a tweet saying I've put out more releases in the club than I've had dinners uh, last week, which which technically was true, and yeah, look, I think Gareth, um, I think the first all, I think, you know, to make your debut really in Europe and, and Maribor and everyone else, he should have just retired after that, it was, it was never going to get better, but listen, it's very, very hard to get a reliable goalkeeper, and, and Gareth definitely was for us, and I don't know if he could have went full-time, I genuinely don't know anything about that, um, but I think, you know, is he not near Lisbon anyway, so They're going to be certainly a bit closer. Same with with Big Mitch going to Dungannon. Rod Rod knew how to get the best out of him in his first spell. Um, And Mitch just needs to go out and play games. It's as simple as that. He missed a lot of time before he joined Corian. And the the biggest thing I'll say about Mitch is he's one of the nicest lad you'll ever meet in your life. Really, really good lad. And I genuinely do wish him the best. I I hope he goes on and scores plenty of goals. Just none against us. Um, And and I told him that. uh, And Mickey as well. Look... I just wish we signed Mickey about four or five years ago when he was in his pump at, at Stut and I'm sure Big O G knows, knows all about knows all about the, the qualities that, that Mickey has. And again he missed a year out of football when he was at Cliftonville, and I'm not saying Mickey, Mickey's not old by any stretch of imagination, but it just maybe took his toy on him. Um but at the end of the day, he had six months left in his contract. It would have been very easy for him to sit tight, pick up his wage, happily sit on the bench or whatever it may be, but he wanted to move on. And he was in the stands on Saturday on Friday night as well, cheering the cheering the boys on. So that just tells everyone that you need to know. And again, one of the nicest lads you'll ever meet, too. So yeah, look, it's sad. Um, you know, it's, it's always just different eras and you know, if the twenty eighteen year olds we OG left and party left and, and Brad and Skinner and, and guys like that and Chris and Big G, you know, the list goes on. and It just seems like eras, and and yeah, look, I think it's going to be a, a new era now with with with, with 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 the club moving forward.
1: <laughs> I mean, OG Johnny talking about departures and stuff, and it's a it's an inevitable part of football too, but. I'm guessing from a player's point of view, it can be difficult too. I'm, I'm thinking of you, your own career. I mean, obviously you signed for Corey in, I think, uh, 2010 and then spent eight years at the showgrounds and then you'd made the decision to leave at the end of the 2018 season. I mean, when, when you look at it as a footballer, leaving a club, it can, I guess it can be emotional, difficult. I mean, or was the decision easy to make for you, for example?
0: I think um, I'm actually fortunate enough in my career. The two you know times that I have left the football clubs, it was on you know my own terms. Um, so I've never had that conversation with my manager to say times up here, maybe it's time for a fresh challenge. Um, <coughs> but in terms of leaving Corin, I think um, I had told Orrin in the February that look, I'm going to. I wasn't playing much, I suppose, as well, which Stephen O'Donnell came in, done really well. I um, was playing along with Gareth, I think, at that time. Um, wasn't playing a while lot. My children were starting to grow up a wee bit and uh, I was starting to miss them, And it was just a good time. I was just turning 34, I think it was. Um, so it wasn't a shock. It was a conversation made. me and he says, that's fair enough. We'll, you know, hold it back and we'll just, you know, we'll think about it and um, announce it, later, you know, later on the season. Um, and obviously, I was hoping we'd go to the Irish Cup final, and that would be my last involvement with the club. And it turned out to be true. Didn't play, but it was still a great day, a great send off, great occasion. Um, and something now looking back, it was it was a perfect ending, I suppose. Um, I say yeah. I would have love to be playing that that, that day, but it doesn't always turn out like that.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, but you you you, you captain the team the year before against Linfield and you walked out as skipper and obviously, unfortunately, on that occasion the result maybe didn't go the way that everybody would have wanted. So, at least you have that and then you were fortunate enough 12 months later to go back. Yes, maybe you weren't actually playing in the game but you were still an integral part of the club and, as you say, in that particular time uh, big Stevie O'Donnell and Gareth McConaughey had formed a really good partnership and it would have been difficult to break them up but what I'm actually probably trying to say is that at least you got to experience winning an Irish Cup and, and everything that goes with that.
0: Oh, no, no doubt about it and uh, you know, I'm very, very grateful. Um, as you say, the year before was captain, played in the final, well beaten, no complaints um, and as I say now, looking back, I'm more proud of it now than I was probably at the time and uh, I suppose... I enjoy it more now than, you know, because on the day it's was buying a flash, mm, particularly that's... when you're beat as well. It's you know, but uh, it's something I'm really proud of, and even to be involved um, as a substitute, uh, you know, on the bench on the final that we did one again, something I'm proud of. Um, I'd say a
1: perfect way to go out. It, it it doesn't get any better really, Johnny, does it? I mean, you know that you're. You're finishing up, and you've said that's your cut off point at the end of the season. And it just so happens you're in the cup final, and then you, 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 your team wins the cup final, and you just buy out into the sunset with an Irish cup winner's medal. And it doesn't get any better, really, does it?
2: No, the perfect time they they leave. And obviously, we had a good run in the league that year, too. Probably, well, we should have won the league, let's be, let's be perfectly honest. And I've said it all the time that the Irish cup victory meant so much because we. we I mean absolutely devastating if we had absolutely nothing to show for it for that year. So um yeah, no, look, I think it's a perfect time to go out when you make the decision in February, um, and that's it. And, and then you get to a cup final and, and you won it and you're a part of the squad. So yeah, look, um, I'm sure OG played in um some of the previous rounds as well that year. So listen, yes, why is the finals about eleven players and maybe the sub the, the, you don't win one you, you don't win one game to win a cup, you you won five or six. So um, oh, yeah, that just capped off a, a brilliant career for OG and, and by out with the Irish Cup. Um, there could be worse ways to, 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 to go out, I'm sure. I think, I
0: think what you're saying, Johnny, too. See, I think we had 91 points in the league that year, from yeah, if I remember, right?
2: Yeah, like any, like any other, I think is it was it something like seven of the previous eight years would have won the league with that point, total. So I think right, but I don't,
0: I don't remember us being too disappointed. But you know, going under the the week of the cup final the following week. Um, so it, you're right, it would have been devastating not to end that season with, with a trophy, but there was just a feeling in the squad that we've just missed out in the league. But there was there was something there for us at the end of the week, and thankfully it turned out that way.
2: Uh,
1: and th- I mean, the game that game itself, OG, I mean, <clears throat> even now, like when we think about it, and I think about it, and John Am and, sh- and you, super memories from Darren McCauley's goal. Aaron Burns' goal, and then, of course, Skinner's finish at the end. I mean, everything about that day was just almost perfect in the way it happened, wasn't it?
0: Aye, I think it's say we were going on in good spirits anyway. Um, Darren McCauley, great goal to start. Then uh, Burns scored in the second half, but a Skinner's one was just, because we knew we'd won it then, you see. It was just a the emotion, you know, something I'll never forget, even though I, I ran the whole way down the pitch, I was knackered by the time I got there, I think everybody from <laughs> the bench was down um, but just that, just that feeling we knew then, there was a few minutes left or whatever, but we knew it was over um, brilliant, brilliant day brilliant night, brilliant weekend and,
1: and particularly for somebody like yourself uh, OG, as I said earlier you, you signed in 2010, I think David Platt maybe was the manager at the time when you signed, and then you spent eight years at the club. And and to be fair, you know, there were as many sort of bad days as there were good days over that spell of eight years. Um, So for you, especially, I suppose, having served diligently for those eight years, for you to finish and the team to finish winning the Irish cup and in the manner in which they did it, it must've meant an awful lot to you, given the fact that there were other disappointing days
0: I that's right. I um I think in sport in general there's probably more disappointments than there is, you know, there's more downs and there is ups. Um and I had never won a senior medal. You know, like a lot of players playing Irish League, they'll play all their career, and never won anything. Um, so there there was a lot of there was a lot of bad periods, you know, bad results and stuff. So it did it made it really sweet for my last game. You know, to go out um, with a with a medal, um, and it's something that you know that day I'll never forget.
1: Very good. Where's the medal at now?
0: <laughs> I have it in the house. I, I I always kind of mean to get the shirt and the medal all framed. Um, that's maybe something I'll do,
1: maybe, but I haven't got round it just yet. <laughs> it'll it'll happen in, in due course. Whenever you get a bit older, you know what I mean. You'll you'll you'll, you'll maybe get round to doing it. I mean, but um. As I said, you signed in, in 2010, I think, from Institute, uh, memory serves me right, and as I said, David Platt signed you. But, um, I mean, David didn't last probably long then after you joined and then Norton came in. I mean, at that stage, OG, had, did you think to yourself, like, like what what's going on here or <laughs> what sort oh, of club am I joined?
0: Um, I had nearly signed the year before for Corey and I don't know if you remembered. Um, when David was in charge and Jeff was his assistant and I had I actually talked, I, I was on the Lodge the Lodge uh, hotel car park and then I decided I didn't, I didn't want to sign um, I'm not sure if many people know that because st- I think it's still another year my contract at the Institute but it was all kind of going to be sorted out and I said look I'll, I just says, I'll finish I'll finish my, uh, one year we Institute and hopefully Corian come back on again. And that was the year that Corian had Patterson and Darren Boyce scored scoring all the goals. Right. Yeah. And when I was watching, I was thinking, I should I should, I should have been there. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thankfully Corian come back the next year. Um Institute were actually relegated, Corey and come back. Um they actually come back at the end of the window in August, so the season had already started for Corey and the they hadn't won they hadn't lost the first five matches if I remember rightly. So I had signed then, and it, you know the results weren't there. I think Davy lasted maybe six months. Um, very grateful for him, you know, for for signing me for Corian. and then Warren came on then. I think it was around January, February time, and doesn't
2: look back. I suppose.
1: Hmm. That's right. I mean, Johnny, do you remember those those
2: days? Uh okay, oh, can remember I uh, two thousand and There was a couple of goals against DC. I think was it. I think and I think Bo- Boise scored that day and went under the crowd. Was that the same game? Maybe. I think I think Darren Boys maybe scored. Paul uh, Brown scored. Was playing that day. I is think. I, I think Boise scored that day and he went. There's a photo of him and he went into the crowd. As there is. And he was celebrating as if he was a fan. <laughs> the absolute idiot. Um. but yeah. No, I remember. I think it was Nick Nil Nil against DC for about an hour. I think OG scored from a corner and I think it was just really. I don't we scored a goal later. And and it could be. Oh, no, that's awesome. right, then. Eh? That's right. Um, that was the first goal of the season though. We forgot what a goal looked like, so we we scored a goal and, and, and everyone else. So, oh yeah, look, I think for every club there's cycles and you go through patches and you know, I remember OG's free kick away to Glantor in the League Cup. I think it went about I think it was about ninety yards out and just oh no, that was Johnny Black's. I think you scored from a corner, was it OG a or Corner, I yeah, it was a quarter was final a, of the league cup. And there was a free kick maybe against Crusaders, maybe or Cliftonville, Cliftonville Cliffinville home. Um, yeah. you just uh, you just remember different memories of, of different players, and and I so uh, listen. Um, yeah, but I do I do actually. I think it was like a blue and white strip, and obviously the stripes were coming down that time when when we just signed and maybe DC and, and stuff like that. So okay, uh, you remember with some, pieces. We had some great players in that team, but it
0: just did not seem to. <clears throat> well, we had it off with no Leon Knight was there, like yeah. McKendy, Iron Black. You know, you know there were some some good players, Michael Higarty, but um, it just it never happened and. Um, Davey lost his job. Then six months later,
2: were you I, surprised that Warren made you captain, or that you know at that stage?
0: Or I think I don't know if you remember Warren's first game. It was up at Balmain Showgrounds. It was a Tuesday night, I think. Um, <clears throat> and obviously I think at that time Michael Higarty was a captain. Um, but and <clears throat> I had no inkling of it. But in the change room before, it Oren had just to say that new manager maybe wants to do things differently. Um, but I had no, I was, I had no idea. But it was something I was really, it was a real honour and really proud of, um, and something I took seriously, um, because as a captain, you try anyway. They set the standard, and I feel the way I approached it anyway was not to try and make any mistakes because people see, oh, if he makes a mistake, I'm like, so try and keep the bar high. Um, but no, it was something I was really proud of and wasn't expecting.
1: I, I mean, it is an honour, isn't it for? You know, to captain any club, but I suppose like a club like Korean as well with a lot, you know, long history. And you look at some of the skippers that have gone in the past, and it is it's 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 a testament, obviously, to you as well. Um, and then like captain and manager, I mean, w- what kind of relationship then would you have with like a manager with Orn? Because, uh, you know, uh, you would hear in sport like Roy Keane and stuff. He's always on on media and he's talking about. That captain manager relationship and you know, he didn't really have a personal relationship with Fergie, he says. It's more like a, a working relationship. I mean, I'm just wondering when you when you're talking about it now. Like with you and, and Orn, for example, I mean, what kind of relationship was there?
0: Oh, I mean, uh, you know, like Orn would have rangy and would have bounced an idea off you in our time. Um But ultimately, you know, he's the manager. It's his decision. Or if there was any, you know, I would approach him if maybe there was something, you know, there was an issue or anything like that. So, or, you know, from corners, I would say maybe, can we try this here? No training and see how we get on or, you know, things like that. I think that's healthy. Um, To put your own ideas forward and see, they might not always be accepted, but um, it's important, you know, it's a two-way process, I suppose
1: i just thinking when you were talking there you just mentioned a couple of names there Um, in terms of <clears throat> your captaincy and, and, and being a manager and I'm just thinking you mentioned Leon Knight and, and McKendie as well and I'm just thinking in terms of like being a captain trying to look after players like that or a manager I mean like the likes of Leon would have kept you on your toes for example wouldn't he? For sure.
0: I, he was a character I, <laughs> but he was a real good player for us and <clears throat> definitely keep you on your toes and it was it was a type of player that you wanted on your team because he upset the other teams he upset the other supporters upset the other you know players and stuff um but that galvanized your own team you know so it was really good you know because if anybody attacked leon they were attacking us and that kind of siege mentality so uh, he, he definitely was a character now
1: and, and big McKendy, too. I mean, they, they were a great combination. I mean, there was times in the two that were playing up front together, which is the most probably unlikeliest combination you could get.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think that was a nice thing when Oren came in, that, you know, the numbers were short, there was injuries, and he was forced on it, you know, because I don't think McKendy had ever played up front. But it actually worked a treat. You know, it they did. scored a lot of goals. <laughs> and You know, they never give anybody an easy time. Yeah. Um, and it was they, they. seemed to work well together. And it was, uh, I say, I, I remember McKenzie scored a great goal. He's left up one day, um, but I say Owen was forced into that because of the numbers.
1: Uh, <clears throat> and it's, it's interesting you say about you know Leon Knight being that kind of little player, you know that narky little player that would have just upset visit or opposition players, fans, etc. And in some ways. You kind of need that in the team. And I'm just thinking, at the current Korean team, do we have a player of that nature? Maybe, I don't try to think, I'm trying to think, have we got anybody similar to that that does that kind of a job?
0: Well, I suppose uh, I'm probably not best qualified because I don't see that many games, but not not that I can see. I mean, the thing about Leon, he backed it up as well. I mean, if he was there was a penalty they hit or, or he was three and goal... More than likely put it in the net. So, you know, he he walked he talked to talk and walked to walk. He definitely was um a great finisher as well. You know, probably the best finisher that I've, I've played with. Um but no, I don't think there's you're right, you need players in your team sometimes to annoy people and and in turn that gets your own team their backs up and at times that's when you get the best out of players.
1: Yeah, I mean, Johnny, I mean, you you watch the team, do we miss a player of that out perhaps it just winds people up and then, as, as OG says, that almost instils um an us-against-them attitude among the rest of the team, if you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking there, like, I can't really think of too many that's uh, left in the league, really. Mm. can't really think of any, you know, like, you know, I think they're nearly like a dying art, Nearly like a... Uh, you know, like about people like, like you look know, like we had we had somebody on the podcast there a couple of months ago where they are trying to characters in the Irish League, and there doesn't yeah. seem to be as many you now as you used to. I don't know whether that's a generational thing, whether it's because the only time you ever heard of them was really in papers and now there's social media. I just think there's maybe not as many characters in the league as, as it used to be, and but yeah, look, I think. I'd rather a player just kept quiet and score goals and and didn't have you know that didn't have that you know mentality to you suppose as well. But Leon was just absolutely different. Like it was, <laughs> it was just <laughs> you can't describe the man. You know what I mean? It was just absolute carnage, but quality. You know that sort of way. So knock oh, yeah. Look, I think if you can come kind of combine the two, then then why not? I suppose. And so yeah, look, I think um oh, look where where do you even start and end with with Leon? I suppose and that overhead kick at home to Limfield as well. Just just different things like that. And winding up the Clifton fans and getting Johnny Black punched and things like that. So it was just so many different stories that I'm sure that you can, you can probably think
1: we, we, we do need to get him on the podcast
2: the more you're just sitting there talking about him. I think I would honestly go to a solicitor and consider uh, you know, things like that. No, but listen, I would love to get Leon on as well. And, um, But listen, it's just, yeah, look, I think they have a character to get in your team because you score goals and as, as, as OG said I, I suppose I didn't really think of that he galvanised the rest of his teammates and mm. wanted to protect I never really thought of it that way too so no yeah. I, I think they watch I think I feel privileged they, they watch it play. you know you don't, you don't go start your career at Chelsea if you're a bad footballer at the other day so yeah look I think um, I know definitely some great memories with, with that one
1: I, I don't even know uh, OG you probably don't even know either I mean how you, like he ended up at Corian obviously as he started like Johnny said he started at Chelsea I think maybe he was at Brighton for a period as well and all of a sudden then he pitches up at it, it I mean it's quite random isn't it how how that happened
0: I vaguely remember something I know it was Davy that signed him but he had signed for somebody it was in Scotland or something he, he, he wasn't somebody held his registration or something and he wasn't able to sign for a team in England or Scotland or something so that's maybe the opening that he came to us, something along M lanes anyway. Oh, unbelievable! Uh, what, what what was he like in the changing room and on the
1: buses and stuff? I'm sure he was. He's actually, he's actually
0: a really quiet fella. And, and I know he's he was active on social media and stuff, and quite vocal. And uh, but actually, he was he was a great fella. You know, quiet, but a character as you would expect. But um, not 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 as as lively as maybe his persona on social media.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have, I mean, he must be one of the first sort of real exponents of social media. I mean, you're talking in the region of about 20 years ago almost, like, and he was like proficient in social media probably a lot earlier than a lot of other people.
0: Aye, I mean, he's uh, I, I, I'm not sure he's went off the radar a bit now, I think, but um, back then he was very, very active. Um, but as I say, that's not the same guy that was on the change room, you know, he was. quite well and professional as well i mean like i remember it might have been his first night training we were out on the pitch and it was the middle of winter and the pitch was not in great condition and he's probably thinking you know raining dark wet he's probably thinking so what have i got myself involved with here like you know but he uh it didn't it didn't hold him back anyway because he he done really well for us
1: Fair, fair play to him um, if he was one of the best players then that you'd sort of played with OG I'm interested in the other side of that coin who were the best players or the most difficult opponents you came up against in your career
0: I think I suppose anybody played in the Irish League in this particular centre half you know Glenn Ferguson you know was just <laughs> uh, you know something else a goal scorer but strong, really difficult to mark, um, you know, dangerous. And even when I, you know, probably made my debut, Glenn was probably in his the 30s then, um, and still a real danger. I mean, when it was really, just started out, I mean, marking and Fanny and all too, really good player, Gary Hamilton. You know, I suppose it'll be all the strikers, you know, maybe in the centre half, but I think Glenn Ferguson, just for the length of time he played in the league, the amount of goals he scored, um, definitely is, is number one.
1: Yeah, I, I when I think of Glenn Ferguson as well, I just think what from watching him, it was his strength as much as anything. He was just that strong, bustling centre forward that really enjoyed a physical battle with the defenders, but then had that clinical coolness to score goals on top of that as well. He had the whole lot, hadn't he?
0: I I think that that's correct. Um, he was really strong, loved to battle, but deadly in the box. And I suppose that's a great combination. Um, you make an error at all, he would have punished you. Maybe not, you know, at that time ha- had pace, but didn't really need it. You know, he was hanging in the box for crosses. You know, if the ball dropped, they would have scored. Um, but I say not dead. I think he would be the best player that I've played against there. And
1: and if he was a physical player, I mean. I'm sure as defenders you don't like coming up against pacey forwards either. That would be a bit of a... You always hear about defenders. The one thing that they're, they don't like is somebody with pace. And was there players like that that would have given you to any trouble?
0: Aye. Andy Waterworth in the Irish Cup final. <laughs> but, <laughs> did, did, did we have to um, bring that up? <laughs> well, you know, Andy Waterworth had a great career too and he was, you know, he had pace and he was a good finisher, strong, um, different to glenn ferguson but just as deadly um but you're right pace there's nothing scarce defenders as much as pace um and you know he gave us a tired time over especially over the last couple of years um that i was playing and he probably had his best game against me in the cup final which is what a time to pick it but <laughs> oh, great, great player too um and had some good battles with him over the years
2: yeah, I mean, uh, Waterworth is a good player, Johnny, wasn't he? Aye, he always seemed that he scored against Corian a bit, like he Joe Um, them two have scored a lot of goals against us, even when Waterworth was at Distillery and and the Glens. He always just always seemed to score against us. And, aye, listen, these players do what they do, and that's what they're there, and that's why they're they're probably paid the big bucks they, to put the ball in into the back of the net. So yeah, look, um. It's just one of them things, I suppose. That's why they're at the biggest clubs and in the league and scoring goals and getting well paid for it. So
1: yeah. Mm, and apart from the, the, the obvious you know, the cup finals, OG, any particular favourite games that stands out in your in your career?
0: I think you know something. See every time we played Balamina at the showgrounds in Balamina, um we I don't know what the record is if you go back and look at it, but we, we didn't lose many games. And I always loved playing up there. You know, particularly on Boxing Day, it was always, you know, it was like ping-pong at the first five or ten minutes, but there was always <laughs> a great atmosphere. And in my time, anyway, I always felt we were going to win. So I think there was one game, was it was a 5-1 in the quarterfinal final the Aries Cup. You know, uh was one of the games to stick out. Um, but as I say, most of the games up in Ballymena, if you go back and check... Particularly, Orange's first few seasons. I don't think he lost any. You know, so it's an enjoyable experience playing up there, which oh, sounds yeah, strange, that's... you know, with the rivals. But I loved no, but
1: it. That, but, but those, as you say, those are the kind of games that, as a footballer, that those are the ones you want. You go to your rivals, and you haven't, and you have a good result against them over a period of time. I mean, that's that's exactly what you play football for, isn't it? I would have thought.
0: That's a day. I think one other game as well will be the semi-final up in Ballymena uh, against Glenavon, the semi final of the cup. It was kinda nervy enough, you know. Um and then was it was a genius McLaughlin scored at the end, was it? That's right.
1: That's right. Um put yeah. us under
0: the final as well, you know, so it was another great day. But no, what you're saying about the rivals, um I think I enjoyed it so much is because we didn't lose many. I don't know if we were losing, but um Say, it was always a particular Boxing Day. Boxing are. was probably the one day when I'm sitting in the house now uh, that I do Um I love playing on Boxing Day. Um, and that's right, right away, you know, the atmosphere. It's charged, um, especially when you get a one.
1: Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, Johnny, I was thinking maybe OG as well. There was a, a, a famous occasion where, where OG, did he score two goals in a game or something?
2: Ah, that's an OG (laughs) story. That's the best. It's my favorite, (laughs) favorite journalism story in Northern Ireland. I swear, it makes me laugh so much.
0: So I've, I've obviously I've told Johnny this story before. So it was the time when I had just signed for Corian, and he had mentioned previously that they hadn't scored a goal or anything. So it was nice. I made my debut against the story on the Tuesday night, and we were beat. Um, but it was on the Saturday we're playing Donegal Celtic at home, and Kevin McLaughlin who was working for, I'm not sure what newspaper it was, Sunday Life was it even, at that time, rang me on the Friday night and said, there's a very chance I can get a lift up you tomorrow because I'm covering the game or whatever. And I says, that's fair enough. So anyway, gave him a lift up. Away went to the press box. And the game was nil-nil, quite nervy. Obviously, we hadn't won a game, hadn't scored a goal after about 60 minutes. So Gareth Harkin had a corner and I scored from, from a header. Went 2-0 up. And our corner, scored a second header, and we eventually won the game <laughs> 4-0. So I thought, right, that's grand. So chatting Kevin away the way down, great, great game. No, clean sheet, two goals, grand. So I opened up the paper the next day, and he gave me a 6 out of 10. <laughs> so I rang him, and I said, I thought I would have been getting a 7 out of 10 for the left alone, um, <laughs> and I've never forgiven for it. A 6 out of 10, two goals, a clean sheet, Corain's first three points and a lift up and he gave me what, a six in the end and what, what was his
1: defence <laughs> did he have anything to say
0: I can't remember off the top of my head I, I don't even know if I got an answer I made have hung up on him I'm not sure but uh,
1: hey, Johnny, something that... that's unforgivable Johnny isn't it
2: that is unforgivable um, it makes me laugh so much that story I it's something remember. I always remind him of imagine getting a lift off something and I give him a six in the paper that's ah so funny so funny he probably don't need you up to be fair about it that, so, that yeah. would have been the last left I'd
1: have been giving him I think I didn't I'd have just it his number
2: <laughs> I'm not sure if I ever give
0: him left again now, but, no, oh, I but oh I like to I, I like to uh, bring up now and again when I see him
1: yeah it doesn't do him any harm of course Kevin well known Derry Derry city reporter most of the time and, and and follower as as well so um but like looking back now. OG, I think maybe Johnny had mentioned it at the start. You, you, you're into doing a bit of refereeing now as well, so you're, you're, you're kind of still keeping in the game in some respects.
0: I so when I when it stopped, um, I'd went to my local uh, Northwest uh, junior team, Lassa Halley, um, and I'd met one of the the, the old referees and he says, would, would you not come and do the course? and I said, God, I don't know because I was kinda of sore referees, you know, when I was playing. Um and it would be a wee bit hypocritical maybe, you know, if I was uh you know, to become a referee. So actually I thought about it, I said, you know something, I'll actually sign up and see see how it goes. So I went and i done the course. It was over a couple of weekends I think at that time. And it was Andy Davy was actually taking the course, like and you can imagine his reaction. Uh, when he sees me sitting, you know, uh sitting in the the crowd. So and do you know something? It was the best thing i ever done and it's something I wish I had done the actual course when I was playing because there's a lot of things that I didn't know. Just wee intricacies of the law and stuff and things that I would have been arguing with referees maybe over and I was actually wrong. Um, so it's something, sorry I didn't do earlier, um, just from my own knowledge. So I so said on that 2019, I think, and I I, I only... um. Referee junior uh, kids football um mm-hmm. at, at at the minute um because I'm also involved in coaching a wee football team. And my son's involved top top of the hill so I have no other time to do anything else. But you know, I'll be out once a week, normally out once a week um doing that. And you know, something that's actually really rewarding. There's some great games at that level. The children are you know really honest. You know, there's no craft on them at that age. Um, and it's it's it's, it's something I really enjoy. Along with the coaching as well, I'm going to say coaching. It's, <laughs> I use that term loosely. You know, i the, the, the kids' team I look after is under nine, so yeah. um, there's not a lot of coaching on them at the minute. But um, my hands are full, I suppose. Well,
1: well, it's good as well, like as you say, you're coaching and you're doing a little bit of refereeing and, and giving a little bit back at the on, at youth level as as well. I mean. Um, Further forward, further ahead, would refereeing at Irish League level uh, be of any interest to you or not?
0: No, it's not. It's not something um, you know ambitious about. Um, and I, you know, one of the, the guys involved and the, the you know the committee has mentioned that to me, but I says, look, I, I just don't, I don't have a desire, if I'm honest, and I don't have the time. And I know, I know the commitment involved as a player, and. Uh, I know, I'm sure there's a, a similar commitment involved to be a referee, you know, being away all day on a Saturday, Tuesday nights. I mean, I've done it for 15 years, mm. and it's not something you know, I want to be doing again. Um, I'm quite happy, you know, just um, refereeing at the kids' level and uh, say that it's enjoyable. And I've probably <laughs> made too many en- enemies, senior level enemy anyway maybe, to be uh, picking up the muscle. You know, you're, you'd be starting on the back foot anyway, but See, it's yeah. not something I never desire to do. I
1: think you, you, you've probably done your time, Johnny. I mean, he, OG there, he, he's, uh, the commitment he said as a player and, and everything else, and he, he's done his time, as it were, um, and it's um, doing it at youth levels as a different matter altogether. So you can understand that uh, he's quite happy enough just to do it at that level and, 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 and enjoy a life
2: sort of sport balance. Can fully understand and obviously work as well and family life and mm-hmm. keeping his hand in the football a wee bit we'd be doing referees and, and taking an under-9s team. So yeah, look, whoever's happy there's no always point doing something you're not gonna be happy about. And yeah, listen, I think when you give fifteen or sixteen years to to, to football and it's maybe a time just to enjoy the other side of life as well. So no, nah, that's I get that. And yeah, Desi we always see Desi Cameron and everyone and that, that that young fella played football for a while then, decided to become a referee and now a photographer and just Absolutely loves it, and yeah, just people just have different interests and different enjoyment and time constraints. And yeah, no, so. oh, listen, there's no, there's no <laughs> right or wrong way, I suppose.
1: <clears throat> not easy, not easy packing it all in. Um, just finally, OG, before we kind of let you go, um, just come into my head, any any regrets, uh, uh in your career at all, or are you happy?
0: I suppose now, uh, as what I said before, there's lots and lots of disappointments mm. uh, in sport. You know, I've had I've must, a penalty in the playoff that got institute relegated. When I say it's a regret, I mean, it's just sport that happens. Yeah. You deal with it. Um, you know, obviously you would like more medals and stuff, but I, as I say, I, I'm quite content. Uh, I, I played for two, two clubs that were really, really good to me. I left on my own terms. I left on on the best possible way retired so you know I'm I'm quite content of of how you know my football career went
1: and and you you mentioned disappointments and in sport those disappointments are enhanced almost like we all have disappointments in life but somehow in sport they become more magnified and and obviously last week, losing to Cliftonville in the <clears throat> in the fifth round of the Irish Cup was a huge disappointment for everybody concerned. Now, you've been there as a player and, and in life we, we have disappointments. For a lot of people, I mean, it's like almost, you know, you hear that phrase at the end of games, you know, oh, that's the season over and, and one thing and another. Now, you've experienced plenty of disappointments as a player. Uh, what would your message be or do you have a message for people that, think losing in the Irish Cup means the end of the season in January? Or, I mean, are you of the mind that as a player or anybody involved, you then just have to pick yourself up, redouble your efforts and go again? Because you've still got second half of the league season, which can be very important.
0: I, I, I've I been put out of the Irish Cup in January um, with Corian um, and there's been no playoffs at the end of the season so you could really, there you could say the season is over, but just looking back, you just go from week to week, you try and get, you know, concentrated on the, the next game um, of course it's a disappointment we all want a cup long it's unfortunate that they drew Cliftonville. normally we'd be going a bit deeper on the cup before you draw a Premier team but the thing is you know, the there's a massive prize at the end of the season, if you finish in the top seven you're potentially two games from a a European tie and the, you know, the one fall that that, that brings. And, and that is a good, a good thing. You know, that the season is alive for probably maybe nine or 10 teams, you know, trying to sneak on that seventh place. And I've been there when it has, you know, the playoff wasn't there at the time. So there's, there's a disappointment of being put out of the cup, but you have to, you can't um, focus on it too much. You just have to keep going now, make sure you're in the playoff. Um, and trying to get a few ones and a bit of form put together for that particular game when it comes.
1: And then also, I'm just thinking that that's the most immediate thing, but then also I'm sure there'll probably be more than one eye on next year as well, and, and the investment when it comes through, and and the, maybe the transfer to full-time football and stuff. So these are important times now, almost with this season in mind, but also look into the medium, long-term future of the club as well. You have to pick yourself up now and and, and start building towards that future.
0: I think that's right. You know, the obviously the club's looking to move to a full-time model. There'll be players there that will want a piece of that as well. So, I mean, you can only show that on the pitch that you want to be involved and you know, and try and earn the, the contract for the next year and beyond. Um. So there's, there's lots to play for you'll soon get over the disappointment a couple of ones in the league in the next few weeks um, and they'll say there's, there's lots to be positive about focus towards particularly May and then in the summer as well.
1: Mm. Uh, and it all starts this weekend Johnny, Korean away to Glen Torn at the Oval I think am I right I'm thinking Korean have already won there this year. Um, the league form uh, from Korean's point of view has not been good in recent weeks. The infusion of new players, Rory Brown, Jack Scott, potentially Jamie McGonigal as well. Uh, Stevie O'Donnell, I know, is close to making a return, maybe one or two others as well. So at least there's something there that maybe gives a little bit of a lift going into potentially what is a, a difficult game at the Oval.
2: Yeah, it could be a chance to, to see um, the players again and obviously the, the three new guys coming back and obviously a second debut for Jamie. For yeah, I would very much doubt that maybe Stevie would might be in the squad um, as well. So, yeah, OG made a really, really good point. In the last couple of years, we've sort of faltered in sixth and haven't really been able to go anywhere. But at this time, there's three or four teams right up our backside, so to speak. So our next three games are so important because you've Carrick and Glenavon in there as well and they'll be licking their lips thinking... And, tour, and if they do the business in Saturday and we win, we can go above Korean and put, you know, and we, and we beat them and we get another three points on them, so, yeah, I think finishing the top six is unthinkable really, that's, that's be totally honest, so yeah, the next three games were really, really important and it would just be nice to see just some players coming back and maybe having the same start at 11 a couple of weeks in a row and just have a bit of flurry about things and a bit of a rhythm and, yeah, it's just been so stop-start and that's just how the season's felt and so, yeah, look, I think we beat the Glens last time. I wasn't there for performance of the season. I think that's sort of a sign. So, I'm not there on Saturday, so we'll probably win 5-0 and play play, play them off the park. So, nah, listen, um, it's just it's just been nice to get a result and reward their fans because the fans have been... I thought the crowd at home, they lock all. Even the couple that I said on the podcast was really, really good. But, again, I thought the crowd was really, 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 really good on Friday as well. Obviously, the Irish Cup game, so... It'll just be nice, and they'll still be the same diehards there on Saturday, so it'll just be nice to, to give them a, a reward. For
1: um, it's tough, tough, tough going at the moment, but listen, that's that's life, isn't it? That's that's the way it goes. Uh, listen, guys, OG, uh, thank you very much for coming on. I know johnny had been trying to get you on previously, so we're, we're glad we got you done, uh, on this occasion. Um well hopefully see you maybe down at more games over over the, the next month or, or year or two, perhaps.
0: I I'd say it's hard to squeeze them in, but I, you know, I try and get down as often as I can um and support the team.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's nice if it's like a Friday night game like Cliftonville. like I, I know you you were down and uh Patty McLaughlin was down and Paul Haggerty and stuff and you know it's, it's it's always nice to see you guys coming down. You you know, he's all retain an interest you've all got Korean links you've all been here one time and another and you know it's nice to see when you do come down because you know and I think I've seen wee Jackie at the match on Friday night as well so it proves that even though you're away from the club you still have an affinity there which is nice
0: I think uh, you know going back long before my time Korean uh, has you know a big connection with Derry players in particular um and you know, we always like to see Corian doing well, even before I even played for Corian. You know, um, I always had an interest, they're probably the nearest biggest club, you know, to us. So, um, I'll say over the years, there's been many, many players come from the city.
1: There has been over that over the years, and. I guess that will continue going forward as well. There's always been a link between the two. So, listen, OG, thank you very much for your time. Uh, pleasure to talk to you and a, a great catch-up with you as well. Uh, you were a great servant for the club as well. And as we said at the time when you finished, delighted that you were able to finish in a high and, and go out with the Irish Cup win. That was um, a fitting fitting reward for a, a great career down here as well.
0: Thanks very much, Les. Great day, chat no. Please.
1: No problem, Johnny. Uh, you said you'll not be here at the weekend, then you're away to uh, London,
2: yeah. we to London, so um, yeah, looking do forward some, to some time of it. I know, and then I'm for Vegas the week after, so, uh, so I'm in like, the wrong job, boys. I mean, I um, honestly may rob a bank, I'm not joking. Um, so Rob, it when you're over there, I just may rob a casino or something, just stay over there. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but no, nah, listen, um, many really thanks, Rogie, coming on. Uh, I've probably sconnered him, um, trying to get him on, so. Uh, no, greatly, great to get them on. greatly, great to see you Friday as well. And but as we, it always is good to see the former lads coming down. Well, you know, Boycey was a special guest last week. Right. I ended in, I ended up in Johnson's bar with him until about three, about one in the morning that last <laughs> time. Um, but no, it's, it's always good day. It's always good. I always enjoy seeing um, them. They were good. They were good to us. Um, they were good servants as well. And they and, it's, and it's weird because I know all the guys. I say they always well treated. <laughs> so.
1: And, and Tommy, uh Tommy McCann and Judy and were there on Friday night doing a QA as well.
2: Yeah, so oh, it's good to always see the always see the boys back and yeah get a chat. Then.
1: Right. Well here guys, thank you once again uh for all your your time. Thank you to everybody listening to the podcast as ever. Um we hope things to change fortunes change on the pitch in the coming weeks and months. And uh, as OG says, we're in position to challenge come the end of the year for European place. So, until then, thanks to the Lodge Hotel in Korean for their kind sponsorship. And do forget, don't forget, I should say, check out their wedding packages Um, looking ahead to the rest of the year. So, until we speak next week, thank you very much, as ever. And come on, the bandsiders.